Welcome everybody, no one likes a tuna podcast, the world's premier dedicated Fast and Furious podcast. My name is Nick Nocera. And I'm Daryl Wong. Um, every time we reach the end of a cycle, the cycle being the eight main Fast and Furious movies and the ninth movie, Hobbs and Shaw, spinoff, uh, we like to do take a little break, you and me. I think we deserve it. I concur. Um, and we watch a movie that is related. We call it the Tooniverse. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and we watch a movie starring somebody who stars in uh, the Fast and Furious movies or co-stars or is related or something, you know, whatever it is, basically. And this week we watched um, a movie called Baby Boy, which was chosen by our patrons, patreon.com slash no one likes to do in podcast. Um, and uh, it's a 2001 film starring Tyrese Gibson. Mm-hmm. Tyrese Gibson, who plays Roman Pierce in the Fast and Furious movies. I don't know why I'm explaining this so much. Like, everybody fucking knows the deal, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, um, I didn't go to the movie theater. I don't really have a little mini review this week, which I've been doing for the past couple of weeks. I didn't uh-huh. go to the movie theater. Okay. Did you go to the movie theater this week? Definitely not. <laughs> no? Why not? Um, one, I don't think movie theaters are even open over They're not here. open in New York? I don't think so. I don't think so. Mm. But I haven't checked because I don't think I would even if it were open. Yeah, you're just like safety-wise, you mean? Safety-wise, yeah. I'm not really going in anywhere for any extended period of time no, I besides my house. I hear you. Um, I did watch... I, I will say I did watch Mulan. I watched that movie. <laughs> uh-huh. Which I guess is like was supposed to be in theaters, so it might it might count. It uh-huh. wasn't spoiler good. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> uh just as a frame of reference, do you think the animated Mulan was a good movie? I think the animated Mulan in terms of well, one I don't really watch cartoons very much. It's not sort of my jam. And I hadn't seen it since I was maybe 12 or 13 years old, I would mm-hmm. guess. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's in there. I mean, I don't know. I remember, like, kind of enjoying it. It wasn't, like, top build for me. I can't speak about its co-opting of whatever, but, like, it's, yeah, it's fine. I don't know. Have, do you like it? The original? I mean, so I, yeah, I haven't watched it since I was a kid. I thought, yeah. like, without, uh, if I place myself in my younger, smaller shoes, I generally liked the movie. I liked seeing uh, Asian people in cartoon form. That was right. pretty cool, right. I remember, at the time. Right. But I didn't really, uh, yeah, I didn't really get it at all. So And Mulan in that movie, I believe, is voiced by a woman of Chinese-American descent. Uh-huh. Who is it? I feel like I should know, uh, but I don't. I'm not sure. She does a lot of voice work, but is not. I don't know the answer. If we want to Google, we can do that. Um, but it's, her songs are not. Her songs uh-huh. are sung by, I don't know who sings her songs, but somebody. Um, somebody else. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it was in there. I, I liked it as much as I liked anything. Like, I didn't really have a frame of reference. I like, you know, The Lion King was I, Mulan was I. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it was like that's that's where it was. This okay. new one, let me tell you something, not fucking good. <laughs> were there good fight scenes? Nope, no. there were not. <laughs> See, okay. That's unfortunate. I remember, like, from the little that I do remember from Mulan, mm-hmm. pretty serious fight scenes. Good, yeah, fight like scenes training. Good. Yeah, good training camp. Mm-hmm. She got those dragon rockets and blasted the Hans out mm-hmm. of the mountains and stuff. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So no, no live action, like awesome. They're trying scenes. to to do them, but they mm-hmm. are they really fall flat. They're trying. I mean, oh god, they're trying to do this like. Busted ass version of Ang Lee, like crouching tiger fucking wire work, right? And the wire work in Crouching Tiger was this incredible, like, it was the first wire work movie that really, like, busted into the Western mainstream shit. Mm-hmm. And I remember just being floored by it right (laughs) (laughs) it was like what they're like fucking skipping on trees and shit like (laughs) you know like i didn't know i didn't know you could step on wind i didn't know that was an option for any given fight sequence i didn't know it was possible you know um but in this movie it's like yeah mulan (laughs) she, she you can literally like feel the harness she like bounces uh, all over the place uh, i don't understand how disney spends so much fucking money on this movie honestly yeah. uh, because because yeah, chinese yeah. filmmakers have been doing um the wire work now for decades and they're well, really really good what? at it daryl this movie very very clearly was not made by chinese <laughs> filmmakers rough. At fucking all dude rough rough it's got a uh, New Zealand Pakeha white director. Uh, it's got four writers, all of whom are white. What? Uh, yeah. Yup. Missed opportunity. Yup. Disney. What were you doing? What oh, are you doing? More than missed <laughs> opportunity. It's like brutal, man. Like what? the whole movie is laden with like. Chinese, you know, exoticism mm-hmm. that is so fucking. You, I'm not the person who's like most sensitive to that type of thing. I don't mean sensitive in like my emotions, but just sensitive in terms of like picking that type of thing out right. in a film. I don't have the like cultural uh, knowledge to 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 really like get into what you know our um, cultural issues with it. But this one is like. Oh, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> Who approved this? Yeah. Her dad is straight up just like, she has so much chi. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Is it yeah. supposed to be a kid's movie or is it supposed to oh, be a Yeah, it's supposed adults? to be a kid's movie. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and 
maybe if I was a kid, I'd like it, but I don't think like kids should watch this movie either. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't like, it's not an uplifting movie for like female empowerment. I would mm-hmm. say, I mean, yeah, like, not <laughs> really my perspective to have, but it's kind of not in the way that, like, she's exceptional. The, the, the big difference, and I've seen this pointed out other places. I'm not sort of the first to come to this, but um, Mulan in this version is exceptional from, like, the get-go, right? As a kid, she's, like, fighting chickens and mm-hmm. shit and, like, mm-hmm. is incredible and, like, wow, fucking jumping all over the place. And in the cartoon, she's like, she like learns, she trains and through her like determination and strength of will, she becomes better and like becomes a a fighter, right? Mm -hmm. So there's no, already embodied in this movie is the idea that like, oh, you can only be great if you're exceptional from the get go. Hmm. Uh, If you're like plucked out of the, you know, by... God, you know, not God, <laughs> obviously, because because that's way too like Western a concept for this fucking movie. But um, yeah, it, uh, not fucking good. I don't yeah. even like musicals. Like, I'm not a musical man. Right, I'll go right. see a musical once in a while, but like, this movie has no songs in it, which I was kind of pumped for. Like, they mm. took all the songs out. Done. Donezo. What? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Even the score, the score like references some of the songs, right? Uh-huh. But also just like overloads them with like fucking Chinese flute playing and shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my God. Like, God oh my it, God. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but like in the middle, like 20 minutes in this movie, I was like, you know what this movie could use? Like a couple fucking songs. <laughs> 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 you know, like it needs something. There's like yeah. ancient witches and shit. Oh god, it's yeah. brutal, man. And all the stuff they tried to do to sort of avoid um like culturally sensitive or like offensive things. Like Mushu, like the there's no Mushu character, like the little Chinese dragon or whatever. Yeah. Uh they took that out. The like bad guy who in the cartoon is this brutish sort of hun almost mongrel I, I don't i don't want to use that term really but like you know they sort of dulled him down a lot mm-hmm. um but those are so naked like those replacements are so naked that it's actually like it's just disney being like look we're dry- <laughs> we're kind of trying <laughs> obviously we didn't hire any like chinese people to work on this fucking movie <laughs> But, you know, didn't we do good? Uh-huh. Yeah. Damn. I don't know. Bad. All right, right, so that's my mini review of Mulan. <laughs> yeah, we'll keep the trend up. That's my mini review of Mulan. <laughs> good. And how's the um, uh, how's the Monopoly going? Dude, I don't want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is a sensitive subject. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. This is a sensitive All right. topic. That's fine. I have not won one game. I only played three more times this week, but I so that's a total of eleven times I've played, and I haven't won a fucking thing. Wow. I'm not happy. I gotta switch it up. I gotta I gotta go to a different McDonald's. I gotta play. I gotta do something, man. Maybe uh-huh. these McDonald's didn't get any winners. Which is like maybe they didn't get any winners, or maybe McDonald's they're corrupt. Like, fuck these people. Maybe somebody has a um, little um, inside X-ray. track, huh? 
Yeah, in like a X-ray or um, like a vision thing where they can look through the paper, and they're taking out all the winners. There is that documentary inserted. about the U.S. about the McDonald's contest and how it was rigged for ten years, basically. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah, it's called McMillions, I think. Uh huh. And it's about how like there was this gigantic scheme to like get all the million dollar winning pieces and like Whoa. give them to their friends or whatever. Like insiders at McDonald's. Whoa. Crazy. It was like the head security dude was like the ringleader. Wow. Yeah. And they got Shit squashed. They got squashed by the FBI. Whoa. Agent Brian O'Connor stepping up for duty here. Yeah. There is a dude in that movie who's like a podong Asian Brian, Asian Brian O'Connor. Wow. Yeah. It was a, it's a nuts documentary. I mean, it's too long. It's five episodes and it should be three. But uh, it's pretty good. McMillions, it's called. Okay, okay. Um, all right, we should talk about Baby Boy. Yeah. Go ahead. Start so, us off. Yeah, so we watched Baby Boy. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about it, but this is a serious movie. Very. Like, very serious movie. Um, written and directed by John Singleton. Yes, who directed yes. Too Fast, Too Furious. Too Fast, Too Furious. So, um... Yeah, like, very serious movie, like, touches on, like, systemic racism, the black mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. Um, they, yeah, it builds off of this. It, yeah, it starts off with uh, naked Tyrese, naked grown Tyrese in, a, uh, in his mother's womb. Yeah, and like the incubation womb type thing, sort of ethereal mm-hmm. dream. I like those parts of the movie. Where yeah. they sort of go into Tyrese's, they sort of do this, I don't even know. Yeah, like, um, almost this sort of fantastical um, metaphor. Mm-hmm. That's the word I'm looking for, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, that's the, yeah the, the whole thing about being the baby boy is that because of systemic racism, right, Young black men are trapped in baby status, right? Unable or not allowed to grow up, and throughout the movie, we see sort of the pressures exerted on these young men, yeah, in a variety of different ways in their mind, right? He's always having these, um, yeah, hallucinations, like dreams of him dying, mm-hmm. getting killed, and going through other types of trauma that aren't necessarily his, yeah, like pressures with family partners like with yeah with other generations of men older younger and then sort of around yeah basically everywhere yeah and so tyrese plays jody Mm -hmm. um and he has uh, a few women in his life (laughs) one is yvette who has he has a son with Mm -hmm. um yvette is played by taraji p henderson um, who is fucking great in this movie. So this is, I guess, her breakout role. Yeah, completely. She went on, yeah, later on to be a superstar, basically. She's a superstar now. I mean, I really feel like we didn't... I know she was doing stuff. You know, like, she was, she, she was a working actress after this, um, and she was actually in a few other John Singleton movies. Mm-hmm. Um... And probably most notably Hustle and Flow, the, um, I 
think Terrence Hard out here for a pimp. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. So she's she's in that movie. She's in Four Brothers, also directed by John Singleton, and mm-hmm. also starring Tyrese Gibson. It's mm-hmm. the, that was their third of their three co- collaborations. Mm-hmm. And then we don't really hear from her again past, you know, she's in TV and she's doing a couple bit parts. And then Empire is where she sort of busts onto the scene again. Mm-hmm. Um, and now has been pretty steadily working and starring in some fucking... Pretty great movies. Hidden Figures, I think, is generally kind of good. I mean, I don't know people got problems with it, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, she's in movies now, and she's great in this one too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tyrese is great in this movie. Tyrese is great in this movie. He's incredible in this movie. It's crazy. Yeah, he and and li- longtime listeners of the pod, of which there's about four, will know that. We have been hard on Tyrese as an actor mm-hmm. and his performances and how sort of like over the top and the comedic humor that sort of falls flat and his misogyny too. Mm-hmm. But all of those things that we find as weaknesses sometimes in the Fast and Furious franchise actually really act as strengths in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is fucking wow. incredible. Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Watching this movie almost maybe like look back at the Fast and Furious movies and be disappointed that we weren't utilizing Tyrese for anything other than comedic relief. We're gonna have to. We're. I'm so excited to watch them again. Yeah. um, With that in mind, because he's such an incredible performer in this movie. And it's obviously so capable. I mean, we, we, we say this about Vin Diesel a lot of like how capable an actor he is and how disappointed we are sometimes in his role in the Fast and Furious movies. So I'd love to touch on that with Tyrese a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's has a baby with, with Yvette, played by mm-hmm. Taraji P. Anderson. He also is a philanderer. Yes. Um, who has sex with other multiple other women in his life, uh, in, and doesn't entirely see that as a problem with mm-hmm. with in terms of his relationship with Yvette. Obviously, Yvette sees that as more of a problem. I would say, right? Um, she's pretty. Yeah, she's yeah. pretty upfront with her. Uh... With not being down. Yeah. With his philandering. Yeah. Yeah, she's not into it, basically. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's him, it's, the movie is him trying to navigate her, his relationship with her. It's mm-hmm. him trying to navigate his relationship with his mother, mm-hmm. um, Juanita, I believe her name is, uh, right. played by A.J. Johnson. And um, his mother's boyfriend, new boyfriend, Mm-hmm. Uh, Mel, who is played by the great Ving Rhames. Yeah. Who is Luther. a knockout in this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and, and him trying to navigate his relationship with America. Basically. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't... America. <laughs> but, like, living in the society, living in, in South Central LA. And, like, right. trying to make money. Uh, and take care of the people around him, but feeling like 
stunted and confined in that ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts about this movie? I mean, overall, you know, did you like it? Can we put that out there? Strong yes. I yeah. was I was surprised having known nothing about it besides the title of it and that Tyrese was in it. Yeah, I had zero expectations. Yeah, but great movie. Watched it this morning and I was like, whoa, yeah. okay, Tyrese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean I I knew I knew it was John Singleton. Mm-hmm. I knew it was his. I knew it was Tyrese. I knew it was his sort of dip back into this slice of life of, of a young African-American man, kind of like Boys in the Hood, mm-hmm. which is also a John Singleton film. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't know much else about it. I would say I really liked it. I mean, I, I mean the thing, it's a little less into like the stark realism that I find like Boys in the Hood has. Like there's mm-hmm. this slice of life realism that comes out in that movie that's kind of uncapturable. Um, and this one definitely, I think purposefully trends into a more fantastical type of storytelling. But that, the, the thing that really sells this movie and makes this movie great is like he has a fucking all-star cast mm-hmm. who are all bringing their fucking A-game to a movie that they know is good, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and I think that, like, John Singleton in Finding Tyrese Gibson, had he done any movies before this? I don't think so. Um... Then a little TV. I mean, he was a model, right? Mm-hmm. As we learned from Kate, no Sarah. Right. Guess model show, first, the show. then R&B singer. Then R&B then singer. Then actor. And this was his first movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he'd had a couple little short stints on TV. Episode here, episode there. But this was it. Mm-hmm. So in finding Tyrese, bringing him to the surface, and letting him shine... Brightly. Mm. <laughs> As only Tyrese Gibson can do. Uh, John Singleton sort of captures a, a masterstroke, right? Like, it's a really brilliant choice. Um, and one that I was knocked sideways by because... I've thought of Tyrese for a long time as, like, not a very competent performer. I mean, he does a certain... I, I'm, that's harsh... He does a certain thing very well. And I thought it was like he basically could only do that thing. And in recent years, he's only really shown to do that thing a little bit. Mm-hmm. But he's, he really, I mean, he's great in this. Um, and he would go on with John Singleton to collaborate two more times mm-hmm. in um, Four Brothers. Yep, Four Brothers was their third. There was another one, though, before that, I believe. Um, oh, do, 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 Too fast. Duh. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> it was Baby Boy, Two Fast, Two Furious, Four Brothers. Three movies made within the span of five years, directed by John Singleton and starring Tyrese Gibson. Mm-hmm. Uh, strong partnership. Very strong partnership. Mm-hmm. Very strong partnership. I was reading an interview, um, uh, a John Singleton interview, um, when he was talking about the... Yeah, the lead up to Too Fast, Too Furious and how mm. when presented with the opportunity to direct the movie, they were looking for um, stars. And there was like a, yeah, there was a list of names yeah. that they went through. Who was on Vin the Di- list? So Vin Diesel was first. Yeah, which he said no. He declined. Yeah. Ja Rule was pick number two. Because he was in the first one. Because he was in the first one, but they wanted him to come back. And okay. play like uh, play the character, but John right. Rule said he was too famous. Monica, Monica, what, what does he? Menage. Um, what's his character's name in that movie? Ed, in fa- in Edwin. Edwin. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then actually, um, Ludacris was going to be was the third choice. He was auditioning for the part. Oh. Ludacris was going to be. Um, I think Rome. he was. Ludacris was originally auditioning to be. Um, I forgot what his name is. The one who drives the Supra in Too Fast in the beginning. The one who has to. He's the work. He's the working man. He, he's the oh, guy from yes. Barbershop. Yes. Crashes the car. Right. Yes. Crashes the car. And, yeah. Right. So Ludacris was supposed to play that character, mm-hmm. but then was encouraged to try for the Tyrese character. Yeah, Roman Pierce. Roman Pierce. The Roman Pierce. Yeah. But then the some producers at Columbia were like, they looked at Baby Boy, they're like, you like Tyrese for this role. Yeah, good. They fit, they fit Tyrese in there based mm-hmm. on his, um, this, based on his performance in Baby Boy. That's great. And that's how they, that's how they sort of came together on this movie. Yeah, and ultimately, I think Tyrese is a good addition to the Fast and Furious world, right? Absolutely. Overall, we give him a hard time, but like, I wouldn't want to watch the movies that you know that without Roman Pierce. I mean, he works in the world, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. he's like, yeah, he gets a little much sometimes, but like, the comedic relief that he provides is so fucking essential. <laughs> like, necessary. You know, Absolutely. So necessary, especially when like you have Vin going all monotone. Uh-huh. You got Paul Walker just being like the sort of the fucking star or whatever. He's like too busy being the star. Mm-hmm. And they joke around, but like they're joking around is not good. <laughs> right? right. It's like it's Tyrese who's doing it for everybody. Yeah. Um, and I don't think Ludacris could do it by himself. Uh, I don't think Ludacris could do it by himself. Uh, uh, that's a good question. At least, the, at least the character Tej. I think character Tej needs somebody to work with. Roman Pierce. Roman Pierce could light up the movie by himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yes, that he, that he can. And has Ludacris ever starred in a movie? Not, not that I know of. Not no. to my knowledge. Am I, yeah. Not to toot my horn. My knowledge is pretty good on movies. 
Um, so, yeah. So, do, do you want to talk about... What do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about Ving, Rames? Sure. Um, Mel? Yeah, Mel. Big, big, big Melvin? Big Melvin. Is this before or after Mission Impossible 1? Oh. I, I don't know. After. After? I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think MI1 was 98, if I am not mistaken. <sighs> yeah. So I really like, I really like the, the Mel character. 96. I, 96. Wow. He plays Luther in Mission Impossible, in the Mission Impossible series. He's in... That's the classic. Yeah, the classic. He's got the hat, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Kangol, Kangol cap, newsboy yep. cap. Uh, so Ving Rhames really interesting career um, Pulp Fiction 94 mm-hmm. kind of breakout he, well I won't say that because he, he was a real working actor before that but mm-hmm. um, Pulp Fiction 94 plays Marcellus Wallace um, gets cast in Mission Impossible as like a supporting role to Tom Cruise nails it <laughs> fucking yeah. nails it. Okay. Con Air with Nick Cage. Ah. A kind of a classic, 97. Uh, Mission Impossible 2, 2000. Not a good movie. <laughs> uh, I definitely then, watched it. Don't remember. Baby Boy, 2001. Um, mm-hmm. He... Am I wrong? He, I feel like Ving Rhames got the fuck in shape for this movie. Yeah, he's stacked. He's for sure. stacked. Yeah. I like, like, his, the intro, when the intro is character in Juanita's um, new garden. Jody's there. Mm-hmm. She introduces Mel. Mel comes in. He's so huge. He blocks, he basically blocks the camera. Because his whole body just like steps in front of half of it. You can't see anything. And one of the things that I was paying attention to was um, Jody and Mel sort of exchange like glance backs. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like the, the close-up eye shots. Yes. One, because Mel is so huge that he fills up the entire screen. But they redo those shots for Too Fast, Too Furious. Yes, they do. And they redo, <laughs> like Tyrese definitely brings some of his... Scripted lines over yeah. his head. <laughs> yeah. <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there, you can see, like, the framework. Uh, not the framework, but the, like, like touchstones of this collaboration between John Singleton and Tyrese. Like, the bones of it are there. Uh, well, the bones of Too Fast, sort of, and how that character comes to into being and how that sort of all plays out it's all here in this movie to me it's very yeah. surprising and ving ving rames plays mel who in my like recollection of the movie even though i just watched it this morning mm-hmm. is really the only older male figure in the movie right mm-hmm. so i i feel like a lot of the unsaid things that happen in this movie or the sort of the unsaid things in this movie is about 
the fact that there are no like older authoritative males, right? Men. Mm -hmm. Like there aren't father figures or fathers, right? Like Tyrese's father doesn't exist uh, in the movie, in the world of the movie. Um, None of the other male characters or female characters for that matter really have um, Mm -hmm. a father figure in the movie. And Ving comes in, they have sort of past experiences with authoritative older men as Tyrese Mm -hmm. does. Those are come from a negative experience, right? Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. There's no father figures, but right, we're we're at this uh, point in time where Jody needs to grow up because yes. he, with his with his current situation, having sort of babies with different mothers, he's physically incapable of like being a father to both kids yes. at the same time. So yes, and 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 not only that, I think it's like there's a lot of um, you know a big question on the movie is like how do you learn to be a father without a father, mm-hmm. right? How do you learn to be a father to be without a father? Because um, you can learn how to treat. I'm not trying to make whatever, but you can learn how to treat women, right? And there is a big scene where Juanita, who is Tyrese's mother in this movie, gives him a fucking lesson on how to treat women and how, like, to look at it from Yvette's perspective and, like, what if you were doing this? And what if someone I was with was doing the things you're doing to me? Um, And he learns a lot of lessons about how to treat women through that, those relationships with uh, the other women in his life. Even, like, in a negative framework in terms of, like, the women he philanders with and how he feels about those women reflect on how he treats Yvette um, and, like, learning lessons from those experiences. Mm -hmm. But the other question is, like, uh, you know, he has children, and how do you learn to be a father to children without the, like, example of a father? And that's what he sort of gets from Ving Rhames' character, even if he really doesn't like it sometimes, Right? Uh, yeah. Uh, I and 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 yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think Ving. I think. I mean, it's hard to like keep harping on. Oh, these performances were great, and like you know whatever. But they 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 really sell this picture, and they sell the ideas that they're trying to get across here, mm-hmm. right? And like those presences mean something. Um. Because without those figures, right, without Ving as the authoritative father f- figure in the movie, the example, this movie show, the example the movie shows us of adult manhood is violent crime in this world mm-hmm. of South Central LA, right? I think the, I think the interesting, um, not parallel, but I think related to that, um, the the sweet pea character, yes. is right. Tyrese's is, friend, right. Omar yeah. Gooding, played by Omar Gooding. Yes, of Smart House yeah. fame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is supposed to be uh, Jody's peer, and he, uh, how to describe it? Like he, he seems to be 
like the I don't know how to describe it. Like he's not the he's not an ideal, but he's trying to like so for example when they introduce him and he's in his home with I think his girlfriend and her mom mm-hmm. right he's trying to demonstrate some of the learned um some of the learned relationship sort of yeah. skills yeah he's trying to demonstrate those show respect show love like be open and like communicative with his thoughts and feelings yeah. but he yeah he sort of says it plain he's like i don't have a family like you guys are my family. I'm really working on this, but right. I don't know how to do it. So, and he's trying to navigate through that on his own. Yeah, that's the point where the movie's like, this here, this is the less, this is what we're talking about here, right? Yeah. And then the other thing you see is, sorry, did you have a larger point there? Uh, well, there was that, but in contrast, specifically within the Sweet Pea character, he's mm-hmm. the one that ultimately has to kind of like revert back to violence. violence yes yeah and yes those two things are at odds within this very likable character which is like he's working on it actively but he's right forcing and circumstances to that's right that's right yeah. and 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 what he's what tyrese is presented with in the world of the movie is these binary options mm-hmm. right remain a baby Remain stunted in your emotional growth. Or, or make your way in the world as a man that involves violent crime. Mm-hmm. And, and you see that in, in um, Omar Gooding's character, Sweet Pea, and you see that also in like the gang kids, too, mm-hmm. who like beat him up. Whereas like these children act... Are, are sort of acting adults, right? They're playing adults. But the way that they know how to play adult is through, like, violence and intimidation. Mm-hmm. Rob it. Uh, and Snoop's character as well. Snoop Dogg is in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, plays Taraji P. Henderson's ex, who is in jail in the beginning and gets out of jail at a certain point during the film. Mm-hmm. And... Again, his role reinforces the idea of manhood as violence. Um, so it's really about, like, Tyrese remaining in this state of, of, of undeveloped emotion, right, un, un, underdeveloped emotional state as a sort mm-hmm. of this baby boy state. And, but not because he, he doesn't want to grow into manhood because the examples of manhood he's given are violence. And he is like, a, he eschews violence. And the violence that he is confronted with in the movie, whether that's through his like friendship with Omar, or, or sorry, Omar's character, Sweet Pea, mm-hmm. or um, his dealings with Snoop Dogg, or the, the sort of gang kids, he's, it frightens him. It emotionally disturbs him, mm-hmm. right? Like, he, he doesn't want to have any part of that. You know, he's not opposed... Yeah, he's not opposed to, like, making a buck and, like, stealing a little here or, like, selling a stolen dress or something like that. Mm-hmm. But the violence in his world scares him into sort of submission to this baby boy status. Um, and he, yeah, like, he, yeah, forced to, like, be a killer or, right, in his case, he's afraid of being killed. Like... Mm. Not irrationally at this at some point, yeah. But like, yeah, not irrationally, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. out there. 
right? right? He's out there, and like his example for that, and I was just thinking about that now, and I'm not sure if this is something that's at play, but he, right, he has these hallucinations of himself dying in a number of different ways, yeah. usually getting shot, and he says it's because his brother died. Yes. So I, yeah. there is a brother, but like thinking about it now, like it, I don't remember like Juanita ever talking about the brother. And mm-hmm. I wonder if the brother is really just himself or if he actually had a brother that died. Interesting. But. Interesting. So Tyrese, the story of the brother, quote unquote, whatever, mm-hmm. is that Juanita had, his mother had a boyfriend. The brother and the boyfriend didn't get along. I'm simplifying things. Mm-hmm. And the mother, in Tyrese's eyes, kicked the boyfriend or kicked the brother out of the house. Uh, and as a result of that, he had to fend for himself, you know, and, and died somewhere, you know, got either through violent crime, whatever. We don't really mm-hmm. know. That's sort of assumed. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tyrese sees a parallel with himself and Ving Rames. In mm-hmm. that, right? Sees this situation developing again where he and Ving are at odds with each other and that his mother, this woman, the, because he is, has sort of this stunted emotional growth, he needs the motherly figure to take care of him to survive. Mm-hmm. And if he loses that care and loses that support and loses his house, her house, mm-hmm. where, she, where he stays, because of this other man inserting himself, he, he will die, basically, without his mm-hmm. mother's care and affection. So whether the brother is a reality in the world or is a... It doesn't... I don't know if it matters because it play, the same thing plays out, right? Where right. he... That's his sort of fears playing themselves out in narrative. Which I think is, mm-hmm. I mean, John Singleton, fuck, man. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It's like, good. <laughs> like, really, really, really good, dude. Yeah. And John Singleton has made great movies. I mean, we, we, we've talked about it a little bit. He made Boys in the Hood, which is a fucking great movie. Uh, Poetic Justice, um, which I've never seen, uh, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Too Fast, which we hate. Four Brothers, which ultimately is like not a good movie. I, it's like a great movie for like 11-year-old boys. Right. You know? Do you think is Four Brothers is like highest grossing? I feel like it was the biggest movie, but yeah. could not possibly be. Yeah. I think Too Fast. Wouldn't be the best. It's probably really? the highest grossing movie. Nice. That would be my guess. I mean, it's just so tied into the franchise. I don't think Too Fast bombed financially. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think it did mm-hmm. fine. Um, it kind of has to be because after Four Brothers, he didn't make a movie for six years and then made Abduction, which is a fucking stinker starring <laughs> Taylor <laughs> Lautner. Is that his name? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Twilight Kid. Uh-huh. Who, oh, like, God bless him. Is so fucking bad at acting. I, like I can't even describe it, man. I feel like he knows it though. I feel like that era, He's of, like twi- the Twilight actors are like, oh, we know this. We're just doing it for the money grab. So He's got- well, no. I mean, the thing is, that era of the Twilight actors produced two of the three of them. 
produced like two of the biggest, best stars in America today. You know, in my mind, like Kristen Stewart is good. Like I'm saying, uh-huh. she's good. She's a good <laughs> fucking actress who chooses interesting projects, some of which really fall flat and some of which don't. But like that woman can fucking act. Watch the clouds of Silmarie. Like that movie is fucking incredible. And okay. And Kristen Stewart is standing up there with fucking Juliette Binoche and fucking killing her killing her in that movie dude like she is fucking so good i i don't even i can't even describe it she's great okay and robert pattinson is straight up one of my favorite dudes around right now i I don't even know what to tell you like i never thought i'd be sitting here saying that but he fucking is he's so he's so i'm at a point where like if he's in it i'll go see it i just watched devil all the time which is a new netflix movie pattinson is in the movie for 20 minutes and steals the motherfucking show (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, so after we do the Riddick series, we might have to do some uh, some other some other. Do you want to like uh, do the Twilight movies? <laughs> do you want to like just watch the Twilight movies? I've never seen them before. I I've don't know anything. Every about single them. one. I've only I only know them through pop culture references. Yeah. I've never done the actual homework of watching. I think reading. I think what we should do maybe is like watch <laughs> all of Robert Pattinson's and Kristen Stewart's other work. And then watch the Twilight series. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I need to, okay. I need to do my homework here to be equipped. I need to, yeah. Robert Pattinson is gonna be Batman, and I think he's gonna fucking kill it. It's crazy, <laughs> man. <laughs> Great. So anyway, Great. I'm, it, okay, this is again like a little off the baby boy topic, but Taylor Lautner. Not good. He's the one <laughs> who really didn't get get out there. Uh-huh. So he's an abduction. Don Singleton directs abduction in 2011. It fucking bombs. Taylor Lautner's career is fucking over, thankfully. And then he just directs. He basically he's involved with the creation of Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't think saying. he's not the creator. Um, I don't believe. Uh, no, Lee Daniels created that, but um, I, he I, he definitely directs uh, at least the first episode, mm-hmm. um, and sort of gets this series off the ground, and then does some more TV work. He directs some Billions and some other stuff, um, and that's about it. And then he died. He passed away. Passed away. So. Um, a real loss, actually, now that I'm sort of getting back into his filmography. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, John Singleton did fucking killing it with Baby Boy. Do you want to do shout-outs? We can do some shout-outs. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, we have a little segment on the show we like to call the shout-outs. Shout-outs. These are product placement. Pure and simple, but uh, nobody's paying us, so we just uh, <laughs> give them a couple shout outs or anti shout outs, as is the case with me this week, uh, to products or places or things or services that we enjoy or dislike throughout the world. Little uh, life reviews. Uh huh. Yeah. Do you, what do you want to shout out to this week? My shout out this week is loose. It's a loose anti shout out. A loose is a company, or is your yeah the no? It's a loose. It's a loose interpretation of the shout out concept. Got it. Got Uh, it. This one, this one in particular, is an anti shout out to 
personal acts of stupidity. Oh, <laughs> I like this. Personal acts of stupidity committed by yours truly over here. Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah, so I uh, I've been doing this like dental uh, journey yes. thing. I had to go yes. to the dentist on Friday. Yes. Yesterday. You knocked out a, just to remind listeners, you knocked out a tooth. Eating gluten free pizza. Eating gluten free pizza. And I'm in for a four to twelve month journey to oh get a God. tooth reinserted into my face. First of all, that's a huge fucking range of time. Yeah. So the gist of it is that like I had crowns on these front two teeth. One of them just busted basically up to the root. And in order to get an, a tooth implant, they have to take out some or all of what's remaining Oof. in my gums, have it have it heal up, and then cut it open again and insert. Okay, so the healing is time is the the healing time there. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Plus, there's some artistry apparently involved in uh, creating these dentists these days. Beautiful Darryl? teeth. Yeah, are fucking Da Vinci, little Da Vinci, <laughs> little dental Da Vinci. So we, you okay? Yeah. But I really feel like they should uh, update those practices. I feel like they should just 3D print it, put a fucking vinyl on it, and then boom, it'll look perfect. It'll take sure. like three hours, yeah. you know? But not here. No, four to 12 months. Okay. But um, yeah, my personal act of stupidity that I'm anti-shouting out to was that my uh, I had to go to this other specialist on Friday, and I... The uh, my first dentist was in Park Slope, like kind of a residential area of Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and they referred me to this other guy who I sort of assumed was in kind of the same area. I had Googled it a week ago, and I sort of forgot about it. Turns out this guy is in the heart of downtown Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and um, on Friday I had to move my car because we had street cleaning at 9 a.m. My appointment was at 9 a.m., so I decided to drive down to downtown Brooklyn. Yeah, nice. Right? No, horrible, horrible idea. So downtown Brooklyn is not only do you get all the traffic like heading like into downtown Brooklyn to cross into the city over both the Brooklyn and the Manhattan bridges, but just like there's construction everywhere. 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 What are we doing, de Blasio? Oh, my God. So I'm driving around. I'm already 20 minutes late to my appointment. I like... I find like an underground parking garage. I pay out the nose for it. Yeah, but, of course. Oh my god! If you show yeah. up at like ten p ten a.m. at a parking garage, it's you're like guys can charge. They're like yeah, thousand dollars. You're like I got no other option. Man, yeah, that was, a, that was the dumbest decision I've made in a while, and it happened, and I I'm here now, but. I can't get over it. I remember once, I mean, incredible. You'll learn. You learn from these things. It's just the cost of owning a car. You know what I mean? Just You pay the tickets. You pay the price. Uh-huh. I remember once I like part, I had to meet somebody at a diner at like six o'clock or seven o'clock. So I like drove down from Mount Vernon where I was working. Uh-huh. Is this an AM meeting? It was a PM. Okay. okay. PM, 6, 7 PM. Drove down, couldn't find a spot, ducked into a garage. Dropped it off. I was like, oh, I'm just going to be a couple hours. Yeah. All right, no problem. Or like an hour or so. I came back an hour and a half later. Yeah, they were like, yeah, uh, $82. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? 
Oh I was like, I'm going for an hour. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, no, there's the price. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Fuck, man. Yeah, those parking garages are killer. Are killers. It's killer. The key is just get one by your home. Then you never have to think about street parking ever again. And then at least you avoid the ticket prices. Right. So mm-hmm. like you're going to have to pay out the nose for parking in New York sometimes. Even the mm-hmm. meter parking some places are $17 an hour. Yeah. <laughs> in some places in Manhattan. It's fucking crazy. You show up and you press the button on the meter and they're like, <laughs> they're like park till 222. And then you're like, no, nah, I need like three more. And you fucking put your car in there like, that'll be $45. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Got it. Got it. So just wow. get a garage and avoid the tickets, the street parking tickets, and at least you'll like do it that way. You know what I mean? You save money on the on the on the home end, on the home front. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have no street parking tickets on my block yet. Whoa! Yeah, pretty good. I've been pretty man. on top of it. It is, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, when the pandemic is over and you're back to work, let me know how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you got time now to like drive around the block at ten o'clock in the morning. This is the thing. Yeah, I do the I do the opposite side parking. I'll double park it, chill for a little bit, mm, do a little mm-hmm. bit of work, go retrieve my car, move back to a prime parking spot. Nice. It's quite nice. It's a it's a neighborhood activity. We all kind of yeah. Everybody uh, collected. It's like the one thing everybody get. They're like it's so tolerated. It's just like it's just what we're gonna do. Everybody, yeah. we're gonna get together as a neighborhood, double park all our fucking cars twice a week. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's chill. I enjoy that part of it, but yeah. Yeah, no. Don't drive into downtown Brooklyn at 10 a.m. Oh, my God. Yeah, Hor- horrific. Horrific. Um, all right, so uh, I want to say this up front on my shout-out. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> okay? Good. I believe the Earth is round. Just, I just need the <laughs> listeners to Earth is fucking round. Yeah. QAnon doesn't exist. Okay? Uh-huh. It's not like a high-level security dude. It's like a wacko in Indonesia. All right? There's like the deep state, whatever. I'm, I'm not the conspiracy guy. I don't believe aliens made the pyramids. JFK was shot by, you know, Robert E. Or not Robert fucking <laughs> Lee Harvey Oswald. Thank you. There's one conspiracy in my life, I believe, truly, to my core. <laughs> uh-huh. The Subway sandwich smell is fake. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay? Interesting. Now, I've read all this shit. <laughs> I've done deep dives on this motherfucker, okay? People say it's a combination of the bread and, like, the cookies... Mixed together produces this smell. That's fucking crazy. Okay. <laughs> that cannot be the case. Wait, uh, let's explain a little bit more of the, the basic conspiracy theory. Is it that like the smell that you smell in a subway, if you take the sandwich outside of the subway sandwich, it no longer smells like that? Or what's There the- is just a smell. That no matter where you are in the world, it's, it's this a smell that is so unique to Subway sandwich shops. No matter if I could be in Jaipur, India, and smell that smell, 
and be like, is there a fucking sandwich here? <laughs> I like, <laughs> you say that and I, I know what that smells like. I know what you that do. smells like. You do. Know I what feel the like smell I do. Yeah. You know what the smell is. Okay, and everybody listening to this fucking shit, <laughs> if they've ever come within 30 feet of a Subway sandwich shop, knows what the fucking smell is also. Uh-huh. Right? I contend this smell is some kind of like essential oil concoction that <laughs> corporate Subway sends in packets to, the, to the, all their franchise sandwich shops. So it's like, yeah, just set the air wick up and like pump it out the vents. Okay? Uh-huh. And it's a manufactured product. Huh. It is so unique. Okay. And I know this because have you ever walked by a bakery? Yes. It doesn't fucking smell like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. It's so unique to Subway sandwich shops. I like I do not know. And this is like an anti-shower because the smell makes me want to vomit, basically. <laughs> So fucking gross. I don't, you know, I ate Subway. I think that's a product of like eating Subway sandwiches every day at work for like six months one time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, one day I was, I was like mid sandwich. I was like, I can't ever do this again. Yeah. This is the most disgusting thing I do. <laughs> um, and I've never eaten a Subway since. So I just want to give an anti shout out to that smell first and foremost. <laughs> Because Subway should stop it. Yeah. They should stop. It's part of their branding. Like, I, I don't, it's, this is like, the smell is <laughs> fucking focus grouped. I swear to God. I swear to God. I'm not a conspiracy believer. This shit is focus grouped. It is distilled in some kind of product that they send to these fucking stores and they plug them into the wall and they like pump it out. Mm-hmm. And I'm just trying to get everybody on board with that. Let's get a letter writing campaign going and tell Subway Sandwiches to fucking stop. Cut the shit out. Right. Cut this shit out, basically. Yeah. Fire your corporate scent artists because they're incredibly unnecessary. Exactly. I have a dog, if you've got good sandwiches, like, cool. Yeah. I mean, you don't have good sandwiches because what you have is a loaf of bread with, like, <laughs> Two pieces of fucking thin ass turkey on it, but like, <laughs> but you toast it, and that's really what I'm paying for here. Yeah, like, yeah for but you... you stole that shit from Quiznos, and you know it, <laughs> right? Um, I feel the same way about the Cold Stone ice cream smell. Oh, oh another one. <laughs> another one. I I can't stand it. I've had Cold Stone maybe two or three times, and I remember the third time I had it. I was probably 15 or so. I was at Century 20 movie theater mm-hmm. in Daly City, and they had a big fat cold stone. I went there with, I don't know, my cousins or something. Or maybe, no, it was somebody else. I, not with my cousins, but I was with some people. I had this cold stone. I was like, I fucking hate this smell. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, it's that, that extremely su- sweet, caramelly waffle cone smell. Yeah. But I think, like, for me, that one, the the ultra sweetness of it and the concept of the Cold Stone, in my experience at least, has always been that they're serving you melted ice cream. I think melted ice cream is one of the most disgusting sensations. It's just milk, dog, with sugar it's, in it. <laughs> it's gross, but it shouldn't be melted. It should be, right. like, mostly solid right. or milk. Like, I don't want this weird Yeah, It's weird. Yeah, it's a product. weird consistency. I 
Uh, we had a cold stone come to Northampton, Massachusetts at one point mm-hmm. in my life. Um, where, like, we already had this, like, fucking banger ice cream place called Harold's. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, like, a little history of Harold's. This guy named Steve Harold started an ice cream place chain called Steve's. It got bought out by somebody, corporate and whatever. And then he's, like, put up two more stores called Harold's. One of which mm-hmm. was in Northampton, Massachusetts. It was like the spot to go. You're a Saturday night. You're out on a date. You finish up your Thai food. And you're like, oh, let's get a little ice cream. Harold's is the spot. So Coldstone nice. opens. They hire all these bunk-ass teenagers to like sing <laughs> at their fucking store. Yeah, right, <laughs> you know right, right. Because they got to sing for their tips, which is the most degrading fucking shit in the entire <laughs> universe. Uh, like, don't do this, corporations. But, like, nobody went because it's like we got this other banging ice cream spot. It's like, I'm yeah. not going, I'm not touching this place. But I do remember that smell being, like, absolutely atrocious. Yeah. Yeah. My friend Gretchen worked there when, when we were teens. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was days later would smell like the fucking cold ice cream. So disgusting. <laughs> if you are a corporate smell artist <laughs> <laughs> and you want to, like, come give us the secrets... We'll, we'll, like, mute, we'll, like, distort your voice and shit. You'll be like, my name is, I'm a, I'm a subway smell artist. You know, like, we'll do that I shit. work for, I work for Dorito Corporation over here <laughs> to make the most delicious <laughs> cheese smell on the planet. Please, please, please come on the pod. Tell us about what you do. We gotta know. Yeah. What the deal is. Yeah. How it all works. How the machine, the guts behind the machine. The jungle, as Upson Sinclair would put it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of... I feel like we talked about Baby Boy. I'm kind of done. We've run long enough on this pod. So, if you want to catch us on the flip side, you can tweet at us at Nolt Podcast, N-O-L-T-T Podcast on Twitter. We have an email, no one likes to podcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to rate it and review us. By the way, Please do. It is annoying. I know. Apple does not make it easy. But please, it just like super helps us to like give us a rating. Don't even have to shoot us a review. Just rate us. But reviews are good. Um, we're on Spotify, Patreon.com, slash no one looks to podcast. All this extra content we're talking about, all that stuff's going to be up there, at least from the get-go. Um, once we're done with our Resident Evil series, which... By the way, Daryl, we need to do Let's maybe this week, out. maybe this week, maybe this week, maybe this week. Well, we'll email about week. it. Um, we will probably release that as a series on the main feed at some point. But for right now, it's on Patreon. If you want to get in, throw us a buck. All tiers are open to all content. Anything else? Instagram, no one likes to tune podcasts. I think you got them all. Uh, fuck it. Um. Anyway, that's been it. Nick Nocera signing off. Daryl Wong, season sixteen. No one likes to tune a podcast. Wrapped. <laughs>